Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to what I believe is our second off-season episode. I think we decided on two. Yeah, 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 I think. Kind of have to backtrack. We did one after the Orioles lost to the Rangers. Sorry to bring that up, but we did. So that doesn't really like count as an off-season episode. That was just a recap. Then we did our first. So yeah, number two. Number two, number two, and uh, hey, uh, things are kind of picking up, right? That uh, off-season time is fully upon us, and at least there's been some exciting times for for Bird fans. Absolutely, Ryan Ripkin, Rocco DeSangro here. We're talking O's here on Rip and Rock, and we have a lot to dive into. Award season for the Birds. Awards that we kind of expected this team was going to be honored and awarded with. There were really no surprises out there. I mean, I think there was a surprise in a good way, but really, no. I mean, these guys are super well-deserving of the hardware they got. A former Oriole, one of the best relievers in franchise history, calls it a career. Good for him. We're going to dive into Zach Britton, what he meant to this franchise, and uh, just kind of touch on his career and what he did over the course of his career, not only in Baltimore, but elsewhere as well. And then free agency, that hot stove. That was the episode name last time. It's heating up for the Birds. There are players signing. There are players going. The O's had to make a decision whether or not they were going to non-tender players, tender contracts to them, agree to terms with them. Um, and they did two of the three. Zero non-tenders. So the players that will be coming back to Baltimore um, and being here for the foreseeable future. We're going to dive into all of that and more. Rip, what are we going to talk about first? Just want to jump right into uh, some awards. Some award season. It's, it was, it yeah, was award season. So even though we did bring up again, yes, the World Series Texas won. That was kind of the down bone. The positive side, we're reminded, I think... Sorry, I'll get, we're reminded just how special the season was for the Baltimore Orioles, and I think we get caught up in the postseason so many times, and as a fan and as a player, believe me, it's very disappointing because your eye is on the prize of winning a title, right? But let's reflect on the fact that the Orioles really did some spectacular things, and multiple people were able to get awards, uh, which if you had told me going into the season, maybe we thought one, maybe two. But I think if we count Mike Elias in there, the Orioles walked away with four pretty special awards for the 2023 season. I think more, man. Was it more? I think, yeah. So we got Elias Executive of the Year. Let me get my math. Well-deserved. Yeah, yeah. Count on your fingers. One. We're going to do simple math. Brandon Hyde, AL Manager of the Year. Gunnar Henderson, AL Rookie of the Year. Then we had Adley with the Silver Slugger. Uh, And Gunnar with the Silver silver Slugger. slugger. So I was off by one. So Matt, yeah. yeah. All Math right. was off, yeah, it's okay. and we're recording this on, on a Monday <laughs> right now. Kind of slow start to the week. It happens. But we're starting to function more 
more and more as this are, episode goes on. Are you doing? You doing okay? I'm right doing now? fine. You're doing all right. I'm doing fine. Yeah. Maybe this will be Just knocked over the jacket there. Yeah, I don't think you are. Well, yeah. I almost knocked over the chair. But anyway, well, um, yeah, not about my problems today, Rock. <laughs> but we but uh, about a these. great a great problem that the Orioles had is they had some tremendous seasons. Not all of them got the full recognition. Kyle Bradish obviously got snubbed from the uh, AL Cy Young consideration being a finalist just being a nom uh uh, being nominated that's what we hoped for that he was at least a finalist and he wasn't right but on the other flip side guys like Gunnar Henderson now the Rutschman two of the cornerstones for your team you're hoping for moving forward for the next 10 years really had some tremendous seasons and uh and Brandon Hyde finally I thought he could have won it last year rock but no manager was more deserving the American League than Brandon Hyde. I thought it was the cherry on top for him to get it this year after being kind of left out last season. But here's the catch. Last season, they didn't make the postseason. Mm-hmm. This season, they did. They kind of climbed to the top of that mountain. I know the climb gets even higher. You want to win a World Series. But to get to where they are right now, to be the one seed in the American League, to win the AL East for the first time since 2014, to clinch a postseason berth for the first time since 2016, Brandon Hyde, I'm sure there were times, there were probably some dark days for this guy going home, wondering if he was going to be the manager of this ball club going forward. But Mike Elias, the front office, they kept their faith in their guy, and it's all paying off going forward. And it's really great to see just a spectacular turnaround for Brandon Hyde and for the Orioles, because the possibilities, they could be endless going forward, depending on what this team does in free agency and depending what this team does with trades, Rip. Yeah, I mean... And I, and I think I want people to understand this. Just because the postseason did not go the way that Oriole fans wanted and people going, well, the inexperienced or Bruce Bochy, Texas was hot. They were the best team at the right time. They were one of the best teams all season. They had their injuries. They snuck into the playoffs. That's what you got to do at that point. They got in. And they got hot. Bruce Bochy, obviously, is one of the best managers of all time. One of the best. But for Brandon Hyde, and this is the context of it, the Orioles were supposed to be one of the worst teams in all of baseball the previous season in 2022, right? And the Orioles are on the doorstep of making the postseason. And then this past year, you're in the American League East where the Orioles, I believe, Rock, were predicted to finish last. I think, have, the, I think it was like 76 games or something along those lines. Yeah, to win 76 yeah. games, whatever that over-under was. If you bet on that, good for you. You cashed out a lot on the birds this year. <laughs> but not only do you not finish in last in the American League East, not only then do you get a playoff spot into the postseason, you overthrow the other big dogs in the AL East. This is the toughest division in baseball, has been the toughest division, and you go through that, conquer it, on your way to being the number one overall seed into a 101 season, which in Baltimore, we haven't seen that in decades. So really is a testament. You could say all you want about what happened for the one series of the season where the Orioles were not at their best. But for the other 162 games, Brandon Hyde did a phenomenal job with the with the roster he had and put the team again and again in the great positions to succeed. I'll say this. If there are people out there, maybe not ones listening to this podcast because you would think the majority are are birds fans, mm-hmm. but people out there that didn't think Brandon Hyde was well deserving of this award, I'll ask you this. Who did more with less this season than Brandon Hyde? You look at Bruce Bochy and what he did, great. Congratulations to him. Fantastic manager. Fourth World Series for him. Mm -hmm. First for the Rangers in their franchise history. So that's great. But the Rangers spent money. And say what you want about the Orioles, they don't. They don't spend a ton of money. They're, I mean, statistically one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball. It's neither here nor there. It is what it is. But 
to be able to do what they did with that payroll, with this roster that a GM believed in and a manager believed in. You brought most of these guys up in your farm system. Yeah, you got free agents here and there. You made some trades here and there. But to do this with with a bulk of the team is a farm system. It's impressive. Bruce Bochy, Chris Young went out and got Jacob DeGrom. And I know he didn't pitch in the World Series, but he went out and got Max Scherzer. He went out and spent money on big bats. They paid Corey Seager. And he ended up winning the World Series MVP. The Orioles did not do that. And for Brandon Hyde to do more with less, and I'm not knocking the players or the talent they have here in Baltimore, but factually, Rip, it's impressive. Well, and also the expectation, right? For Bochi coming in as manager, going into the season, the Rangers were, the expectation wasn't to just make the playoffs. This expectation for the Rangers was to make a deep postseason run because of all of the uh, players that they had acquired in the last couple of years. And then in the World Series, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, phenomenal. Corey Seager is one of the best players in all baseball. When he's healthy, top five player. I think everyone saw that on display. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The Orioles' expectation for this year, make a jump off of last year. When that meant was make the postseason. Try to get there, but no one in their right mind going into it gave the Orioles a chance to get to this point and go there. And, and you can look at it. There were some fantastic stories. And imagine then you lose your all-star closer in Felix Batista down the stretch there. You were trying to mix and match lineups to keep guys fresh. And a lot of names that people were scratching their heads of going, well, who's Ryan O'Hearn? Oh, why are we acquiring? <laughs> and I don't mean that with that way. Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier. But you're, you're sitting there. And what I loved with Brandon Hyde is it's, he seemed that he was able to get his guys and put them in good positions. Credit to the players because they have to go out there and execute but it seemed like every player on this Orioles roster was ready to step up in moments. And you can say, yep, the players got to go walk the walk, but it's also the manager putting them in a position to have success. And it's not a coincidence that the Orioles were one of the best teams in one-run games all season long. And obviously it does help too, Rock, when uh, your two stars that you hope to continue to make those jumps, Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman, really helped carry your team, especially the young Gunnar Henderson, because let's just face it, I think everyone's seeing their superstar written all over him. Those two finished eighth and ninth in AL MVP voting. It's impressive. Gunnar, it's his first full season. For, I mean, for Adley, it actually is too, technically. Mm-hmm. It was his first full season. Yeah. So while Gunnar is a rookie and Adley is not, it, it's still impressive to say the least for those two, two young birds the faces of the franchise going forward to finish eighth and ninth in AL MVP voting. Looking at these teams, man, two years ago, and that, that's why I brought up the whole Bochy thing. Mm-hmm. It's like fans may ask, why can't the Orioles turn around like the Rangers? Why can't the Orioles turn around like the Diamondbacks? Two years ago, 2021 in those standings, let me take you through it. The Orioles were dead last, 52 and 110, worst team in baseball. The Diamondbacks, they were tied for the worst record in baseball, 52 and 110. And you had the Rangers, 60 and 102. The bottom three teams. The Orioles' time will come. Those two teams, and it's it's really great to see those three bottom teams turn around and become three of the top teams mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball this season. So I'm telling you this, the Orioles' time will come. Jackson Holiday is still not up. The pieces that they want to be up in the show are currently not up yet. It will happen. Their time will come. This is a team and a franchise, and we've said it time and time again, that I truly believe, and I think you do, will win a World Series in the next five years. Yeah, I mean, I think everything's 
your foundations is now is laid. You have what you need. And I know you need to add some pieces on, and we're going to talk about that. And we've mentioned in the past, in the offseason, you and I going on uh, Sports Unlimited saying, you know, the Orioles are, you can never have a good enough pitching. And down the stretch in the postseason, you are going to need that, especially a high leverage reliever, because Felix Batista is still going to be out in 2024. But the rest of your team, they're young. This was a tremendous learning experience for the entire roster. Oh, and then by the way, those young players are going to get better. And the one specifically, Gunnar Henderson. If you don't believe in Gunnar at this point, I don't know what to tell you. But I did hope you listened to my advice that he won Rookie of the Year because actually, one of uh, uh, someone I was talking with on social media on Twitter X, whatever it's called, I said, "Hey, I don't even know anymore." Yeah, I don't even know what it's called anymore. No, but who knows? But I said, "Hey, you know, I'm I, I'm not going to do this because I just don't want to put any bets on baseball." But if I did. Gunner's odds are pretty high right now. He's going to figure it out. And when he, when he does, you are going to kick yourself. If you don't, Gunner figured it out. Not only did he figure it out, he became the best player on the best team in the American League. I think his odds got as low as like 1,300 or something. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I thought I saw that somewhere that they dropped down because he was the odds-on favorite entering the year. Everyone thought he was going to win AL, AL Rookie of the Year. And then those odds dropped when he started teetering off to start the season. He hit that slump. And if you cashed or held on or you threw money down after those odds skyrocketed. Double to, down, baby. Yeah. Well, skyrocketed in a bad way. It was a downwards trend. Listen, if I see that plus next to anything, I'm throwing, like, I'm, I'm throwing it down if I'm someone out there. Like if, if Gunnar Henderson has a plus next to his name, you're in good shape. Yeah. So and good for a, them. It was incredible. Gunnar's incredible. We, and also another piece we didn't talk about here, we'll jump into uh quickly with the awards just like to mm-hmm. fully because it was well really kind of been talking about it. i mean adeline gunner we've talked about them yeah but the other young stud that really came on the second half Grayson rodriguez yep. yeah he didn't have the postseason start that he wanted but talking about foundation the orioles have something that a lot of teams don't have moving forward and that is the depth of their system and the fact that they have not just young players that could be a part of it they have young players that can be stars and that is what could be the biggest difference maker for this team over the next five years. Plain and simple, they ran into a buzzsaw. Texas ended up winning it, rightfully so. They were, they were the best team in baseball in the postseason. They were unbelievable. So the Orioles, the next time they play in the postseason, whether it's next year, whether it's the year after, whether it's the year after that, they have experience now. Those young pitchers especially, and that's what you need going forward. You saw what Texas had. It worked out in their favor. Didn't work out in the Orioles' favor this season, but maybe in the next couple of years, they take it a step further and a step further. Cedric Mullins said it best. They're taking baby steps. So maybe it, maybe it's a nice leap in 2024. Let's jump into, we, we talked about, you know, relievers and Felix Bautista and how, how big it is to have a solid reliever and a guy that can close out games. How about one, let's hop in the time machine a little bit, jump back to the 2011 through 2018 seasons when Zach Britton was doing his thing. Two-time All-Star, AL Reliever of the Year in 2016, AL Saves Leader in 2016, 60 straight saves, which is an AL record. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Unbelievable. Like, it's truly, that 2016 season is one of the best seasons by any reliever in the history of Major League Baseball. And people can say, well, you know, like Eric Gagne, and it was, I think that year, Zach Britton finished fourth in the Cy Young Awards. And Eric Gagne, the reason why I brought his name up was, a, was the closer for the Dodgers. It's the last reliever, I believe, to win the award for Cy Young, and I think that was 20 years ago. But to give context, because we had this conversation about Felix Batista, mm-hmm. but Zach Britton had one of the most devastating sinkers of all time. And when he was on, he was unhittable. The whole year, Rock, how many runs did he give up? Four? Four runs, earned runs, the entire season. Seven on the year. He gave up 38 hits in 67 innings. So I just want people to have context for that. Like, if you can keep you know, obviously with, with whip and everything that goes on with those stats, if Zach Britton came in the game, it, it was lights out for the Orioles for that season. And, uh, you know, all good things come to an end. Right. And I think that's what kind of kills me. Some people go, well, he had an okay season. You know how hard it is to play 12 years in the bigs, 12 years. And he was a huge reason why the Orioles had a really successful run during that time. Um, so sad to see that his career is ending, but excited for his next chapter. And he left Birdland with tremendous memories. Yeah, the reason we bring Zach Britton up is because he announced his retirement today. He told The Athletic, he did a nice interview with them. He said, there's a lot of talented guys who don't get to play for 12 years. So I'm very grateful for that. It was the journey, honestly, that was special. I was never great at being good at two things. And now it's time to be all in on my family. So it's good. It's incredible. I think that's the hard thing of in the baseball world. Just give you guys a little context. You know, you you have to sacrifice so much. Everyone does in whatever occupation you do. And everyone, I think, will look at this as, is it really a job? Is you have to play a sport for a living? These guys are spending eight, nine months away every single year. When the season ends, they're back to training. And yes, if you're good enough, if you're good enough, you can make very good money. But then also for your family, that they have to be really understanding of the journey that you're on because it's not like you can just take extra time off. You spend more time with your teammates and people talking about the locker room cultures that people are the bonds that they have. You're spending more time for eight, nine months out of the year than you are with your own family. So to hear that, as I just remember just personally, it, it, uh, it takes a toll. And I think Zach's now come to peace with it's time for the next step. No player loves to hang it up, but he finally gets to have time with his family and and move on to this next venture. But hell of a career, um, and man, uh, wish him wish him the best. And actually, his brother brother Buck Britton as well, like their family. I, I've spent more time with Buck than Zach, but both of them just uh, great people. Um, Buck actually, I, I was on his team when he managed his first team, and um, he was always so proud of Zach and how he he handled. And uh, it makes sense. Zach's a guy you wanted to root for each and every day. I love it, man. Honestly, it's heck of a career. Hats off to him. And, you know, 
getting to enjoy time with the family. I can't even imagine 12 years kind of being away, traveling every day. Like you said, it's, it's a grind. And, you know, many look at these guys just as players. They're people first. Yeah, they make millions of dollars. You can feel bad for them. You may not feel bad for them. But, mm-hmm. like, here's the thing. They are human beings. They do have families. And they should be able to spend time with their families. And, you know, they're simply not able to all the time. So for baseball right. players to be able to go out there, give it your all every single night or day or hour or minute that you pitch or hit or field. And then to kind of your family is, is secondary. I'm sure during baseball season, a lot of the times because your, your baseball team turns into your family, but for Zach Britton to go all in, he's like, all right, I got to spend time with the family, but you know, it's good for him. Couldn't be happier for the guy. Yeah, I mean, it, look, at the end of the day, everything, all good things still come to an end. And I think that uh, I look forward to seeing whatever that's going to be for him moving forward. And uh, hopefully, just like I, I bet he, Baltimore's going to have a special place in his heart. I bet you he wants to see this organization have success, get over that hump, get back to the World Series. And right now we're in that time frame now where uh, you're all building off a great year for the Orioles. But now it's the offseason. And now you're already thinking towards 2024. Isn't it crazy how life works like that? Here we are. We're talking about all these past Dude. memories. Zach Britton's career. Orioles have a great 2023. And then whammy, here's the <laughs> offseason. And in a few months, spring training's going to be starting, and we're going to do this all over again. Dude, we got to have like a, you know, I got the days until Christmas thing up right now. I see where it. It's got all the days. What I, what I really need right now, and that's, that's not my doing. I do all that stuff after it's December 1st for me is when I decorate. I had nothing to do with this. So if, you know, backstory, if for just information right now, if you're listening, we're recording this podcast at my house and my girlfriend, who is a travel pathologist assistant, travels back and forth. This is like her home base, but right now she's in Nashville. So we don't get to see each other all the time, but she figured, all right, I'm home for a few days we're going to decorate your house with Christmas stuff because I want to do that. And I was like, listen, you're really forcing my hand, but I guess I don't have a say right now, even though it is my place. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's stockings up, there's Christmas lights up. There's a days until Christmas calendar up. There's a freaking elf sitting on my counter. There's Christmas Cardinals. There's lights. I already said lights. There's a Christmas tree. I don't even know, man. Yeah, it's just I, uh, like, this is ridiculous. I'm sure you walked in. You're like, I, you didn't expect to walk into a winter one. No, 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 no. My, my house has already been decked out that's well because, before. But that's because, that's because of your girlfriend. Yeah, that's because, yeah. Well, so Jamie, I will really say, I, I came back. I was up here. Yep. Uh, we were doing stuff. I think we were up here doing, you know, hanging out or whatnot. I came back one night and uh, everything, it, was, it went from uh, trick-or-treat yeah, and we just had trick or treaters for the first time for me being in the, in the neighborhood I, you, I live in. You snap your fingers, and then all of a sudden I go, "Oh wow!" Like I came in, there's Christmas music on. Hey, if they want to put the effort in and put all the stuff up, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. Wi- I'm I, with I'm you. I'm not, I, you know, it's- but I'm with you. I'm, I'm more of like, let's get to Thanksgiving here, which it is Thanksgiving Dude, week. Exactly. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone yes, out there, by the way. Thanksgiving to all of you. And we got a little bit off topic, but it's tis the season. It's still the holidays. I had to bring it up, man, because what I was getting at, I got the days until Christmas calendar up here. I have severe like ADD, ADHD, whatever you want to call it. I yep. just can't focus on one task. You know, it's, it's hard mm-hmm. for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Rip. Mm-hmm. But what I need just hanging up right here on the wall is days until pitchers and catchers re- report to, training, to spring training. That's what I need. It's well because 
baseball season, it's coming. It's right around the corner. It is. And not only is it right around the corner. That is. I don't I don't even know. We'll have to we'll really actually have to get a calendar for it. But with all that, it, it's it's right around the corner. And every team now in Major League Baseball, you're starting to see things start to unwind or them a team start to make moves. Yeah. And we just talked about it. The Orioles had to make some decisions on who they, they were going to tender for contracts. And I think you have the whole list of so there was a few players that avoided arbitration, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Ryan McKenna, Jorge Mateo, and Keegan Aiken and Sam Hilliard. That's it. Yep. And then the rest of them had tendered contracts out of the list. There was a, a big list of players, but so far during spring or during the off season here, the Orioles haven't really gone out and and made a splash. We've talked about this. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because who just signed back with the Philadelphia you saw, Phillies? You, you saw the big contract for Aaron Nola. What was mm-hmm. it like? Seven years, 160 million or something. 172. Like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Congrats to him. That's a nice payout. Mm-hmm. It like is. that. It is. And the Phillies got their guy. Mm-hmm. They got. You know, one of their top two pitchers back, it's him and Zach Wheeler. And that's what I feel like the Phillies feel like they need for, for a big postseason push again, because they were there. And if not for a few bumps in the road, you hate to play the what if game, but Craig Kimbrell, it, it was tough. You, you hate to pin it on one guy, but you go out there and you blow two games when your pitching does so well, the starting pitching, it, it's just a tough look. It was, well, it's tough to lose game six and seven at home. And it was regardless too, yeah. like that. It wasn't all on Kimbrell, but no, I mean, you, you have, you, who would have thought that Philly dropped two straight games at home, but regardless of what you're seeing, Philly identified, they, they said we had the money to spend. Yeah. Aaron Nola gets, gets signed back. We talked about this for Orioles fans. Yeah. The Orioles are not going to give out a contract like They're that. They're not. They're not going to give out a massive hundred million dollar deal to anybody. And well, wouldn't just, you, and, and in this case, we will have to see when it, when or if it actually happens. But wouldn't you rather the Orioles lock up some of their young stars rather than go and get a pitcher that is new to the organization? Granted, I know that people are eager for the Orioles to make moves, but this is how it is. The Orioles are in a way different situation than the Phillies are. They are. And, and right now, the Phillies' window is really kind of this next year or two where they're going, we're still fully all in. And and Bryce Harper's going to be a year older. That lineup, Castellanos, is going to be a year older. Trey Turner's going to be there for a while. But the point being, the Orioles are on the uh, uh, are ascending. And what have we found out with this Orioles front office? And we've talked about. You want me to tell you? Yeah, I'd Go be ahead. glad to tell you. I know. That was a big sigh of relief. It's <laughs> that they are going to look at the value. the The money value has to match what the Orioles think of the player. And that's no knock with anything. Aaron Noah Noah earned his contract. He's a a uh, big name that has shown up in the playoffs. I know he had a rough 2023 season for his standards overall, but he's been an excellent postseason pitcher. Overall, one of the better pitchers in the game. But for the Orioles, they're going, we're not going to overpay for a guy, at least in that department, especially when the Orioles, when you look at their starting rotation, you know, that's kind of actually one of their strengths right now is that they have some really good starting pitching. So, that's just where we're at right now, but but these moves are starting to happen, and it's and it's the first of many. Lance Lynn, yeah, I yeah. believe, just signed with the the Cardinals. Uh, that was another uh, option of just a veteran pitcher. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez signed a three year, thirty million dollar contract with the Braves. It just happened today, right? Yep. You, well, st- you saw they they tweeted it out. I don't know if it happened today. Uh, or so it happened yesterday. we were in the Nats organization together. Guy throws fuzzballs. He he, he throws heat. But again, three year, thirty million dollar contract for a guy that. Maybe people aren't as aware of. He has a lot of good upside. But that's $30 million that the Orioles are going to say, you know what? That value 
doesn't match what we're trying to give out. And that's fair. But what I want to see the Orioles do in the offseason is if you're going to throw money at somebody, throw it at a starting pitcher, mm-hmm. throw it at a middle reliever. I agree. Throw it, But they need right now what this ball club needs more than anything is an experienced Kyle Bradish. I don't want to say ace because you have your ace in Kyle Bradish mm-hmm. right now, but you need an experienced veteran. Like you could bring in like the Rangers that look at the Rangers. I know they beat you, but look at their model. And I know it's not going to be the exact model. You're not going to pay Corey Seager a crazy amount of money. Uh, you're not going to pay, you know, a, a big, a big name player or big name pitcher an absurd amount of money, like a hundred million dollar contract mm-hmm. or, you know, upwards of that. But go out and bring in a guy like an Evaldi that you can get on a discount or Montgomery yeah. that you can bring on a discount or a Scherzer that you can bring in on a discount. That's what I want to see the Orioles do. It's right now. It's like the youth movement. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they're too young, but they do need that veteran presence. You saw it with Kyle Gibson last year. That was a step in the right direction. But Kyle Gibson is not an all-star. Kyle Gibson is not one of the better pitchers of this time. I want the Orioles to go out and try to get that if they can, whether it's with the trade, whether it's in free agency, to just bolster that starting rotation. I really, truly feel like that's what this team is going to need going forward. I'm confident in their starting pitchers. I'm confident in Kramer, Bradish, Grayson. Year two for Grayson, I think it's going to be a huge year for him and Means as well because these are the guys they tendered. They got Danny Coolum, Austin Hayes, Cole Irvin, John Means, Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, Ryan O'Hearn, Cino Perez, Anthony Santander, Dylan Tate, Ramon Arias, Jacob Webb, and Tyler Wells. There are a lot of good names in there. Yeah, and the one that you just mentioned, Dylan Tate. Dylan Tate missed this entire year. And, and again, you can't bank on someone coming back and being that guy, right? But if Tate is healthy and Tate can get back to that, and he is nasty out of the pen, but the Orioles, to your point, you're going to have to go out and get a guy. There, there is no sugarcoating that. Can, and we, I, can we agree on that, Rip? Yeah. Like, well, they, no, they need, like a, well, they need you, a pitcher like that. You asked, you asked me this question on Sports Unlimited. What are the Orioles, what's their priority? And I think Elias came out and said that a week later. It was, we're going to be aggressive in the pitching department. We're going to try to go get a high leverage reliever, and we're going to try to bolster our pitching staff because we have to. You're in the American League East, and we see one injury here and there, you, you get thin. And for the Orioles this year, they got by it because when you're rolling and things are going so well, you find ways to win, right? But what the Orioles also are seeing, if teams can get in and then you have guys that have confidence or people get healthy at the right time, what's going to happen? And for the Orioles in this case, the Yankees are going to be back. The Red Sox are going to be better. Tampa Bay Rays, I don't see them going anywhere. Toronto had a disappointing year for their standards and they still made the playoffs. So uh, they're, they're going to need to go make a move. It's just going to depend on really who are they truly eyeing. And I still am holding, I'm holding firm that I think they're going to be more aggressive at the deadline next year than they maybe are this free, this off season. But if they do not walk away with a high leverage guy out of the bullpen or start, somebody, they don't get a name here. It's going to be disappointing for the staff because that's putting a, it's great to give confidence to your young guys. And I believe in every single one of those guys, but it's more so about you're putting your team in a position where you're back to the year before where you're kind of playing with fire. Someone gets hurt and you're in a position of going, well, what happens now? Mm -hmm. Things get tough. Who is that X factor guy that can help you get over the hump? I think if the Orioles don't go out and grab a high leverage reliever or a big name starter, either or that we talked about, at least one or the other, Mm -hmm. they failed the pitching staff. 
the front office has failed the pitching staff for this season. And I hate to be blunt and say that, but this is what they need. You can't tax guys each and every day and then expect, okay, guy goes seven strong innings. We're going to get to the, we're going to get to the bullpen and they're, you know, blown save or blown game here and there. We just wasted a great start from one of our young righties or young lefties. That that's my thing with it, Rip. You can yeah. agree or disagree with that, but that's, I, I do think this is what the team needs going forward. And I think that's going to put them in the best successful position in 2024 to win. So I think, and I, if I was going to pick between the two, I still think it's a high leverage reliever for me. I, that's I think, fine. That's and, fine. And, and, but so, but to your point, because we saw this when the Orioles were starting to get decimated with guys and guys got tired, you could see it. You can never have enough arms and that's where it's going to be. Some of these guys, like I, you know, I'm a big believer in Mike Bauman's stuff. I've seen Bow up close and personal. He's been my teammate for years. And so, like, I, I, I know his game. He's got tremendous stuff. But what, what role do they want him to be? He can start. He's been a starter his entire time. But he's also come out of the bullpen. But also, who are your other guys? Danny Coulomb was fantastic this year. Can he replicate that? CNL Perez had an up-and-down year, but then down the stretch seemed like he was finding it. But again, that's a lot to ask for if you're saying about, well, we're banking that these guys are going to have career years again. Danny Coulomb, career year. But you got to look at that. Do you want guys that are having a career year that might have some regression? Or do you want to go and get someone that says, I've seen this guy, this guy has done it for years, and this is a guy that I know I can depend on moving forward? Because quite frankly, the guy that you can truly depend on in every situation is not going to be on your team in 2024, and that's Felix Batista. And that's a massive loss no matter what way you uh, look at it. Can the Orioles win a World Series with the staff they have in 2024? Or can they win in 2024 is what I'm saying and be successful? Yes. Can they win a World Series with the staff they have? That I'm not sure of. That remains to be seen. But the hope is that they do go out and bolster starting rotation or relief pitching. That's, it, it needs to happen in the offseason. That needs to be a priority and it needs to be brought to light. Like that, that is something that Mike Elias, I'm sure he's looking, he's working the phone lines, but Go out, do your thing, make your deals, man. Make this team the best it can be, just like you did last season because Elias did a hell of a job, and that's why he was the MLB Executive of the Year. He's doing great things. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's full confidence. that the, If you don't trust where the Orioles have, have been and where they are now, I mean, you need to. This was a dramatic transformation for the team, and we're not – this isn't being critical in any different ways. It's just the reality of how the game works at some point. You've heard other guys on the Orioles talk about veteran presence and how much that's helped the clubhouse. Guys like Kyle Gibson, Adam Frazier, James McCann, all of those that played integral parts of this team, maybe it doesn't always show up in the, the stats as much as you guys would like to see. But they meant a lot to the team in so many different ways besides their performance. But having said that, moving forward, the Orioles are going to need another guy to lean on. Another guy that had a tremendous year, Cano. That's a career year, but... It's a hard thing to ask for someone to continue to do something when this is still uncharted waters. The Orioles have all the talent in the world to do this and to have success, but you want to make sure that you are looking forward to you got to have your you have to have a plan in place, and then you got to make sure if that plan doesn't go according to plan that you have what you need to get by. Talk about a team that also Yankees lineup. I can guarantee you this. I don't see the Yankees being as bad as they were offensively this year. No, and if Aaron not. Judge plays, talk about a guy. Tra Aaron Judge plays, this Yankees team is going to be way different. Their lineup's going to be better. Boston's going to be more aggressive. 
this team is going to be coming for the Orioles. Yeah. All those teams are going to be oh, the, they, the the target is on Baltimore's back, and these offensive lineups are going to be ready to battle. The Orioles are going to be up for it, but they have to be prepared with the with having the right they, numbers. They truly just went from the hunter to the hunted now, Rip, mm-hmm. and that's that's going to be something to look out for in 2024 and going forward as this team tries to generate more success. That's going to do it for our second off-season episode of Rip and Rock. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you so much for your feedback. Download the podcast, subscribe, leave us a rating, let us know how we did. Uh, we'd love to see it. We really do appreciate your feedback. And hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Rocco DeSangro on X or whatever you call it now. Um, yeah. And then our DeSangro on Instagram, Ryan Ripkin is Ryan Ripkin on both things. Across so, the board, baby. Across the board. Yeah, he's, he's a, uh, I guess, a, what is it, a one-shot pony? Yeah. Is that the right word? Or you can just, uh, I thought you were going to say, well, he's just one trick. One trick pony? No. One-stop shop is what I meant. No, that's also not the right phrase. Probably Ruff. not, yeah. I'm no, just, it's you know, just, it's, been, it's a Monday, man. How about you linear. cut me some slack? Yeah, I will, because you're, yeah, you're you need cutting some me slack some too. slack Exactly, here. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, hey, guys, anything you guys Fighting are demons. in? in <laughs> yeah, there's... <laughs> and that will be for Rip and Rock. Rip and uh, Rock after dark. After dark. <laughs> we'll drop well, those stories. <laughs> well, hey, guys, uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Have a wonderful holiday. Yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, give, give thanks to the ones closest to you. Um, cherish those moments. And then uh, after your you cherished and had a great time come back and see us next next time we have our episode we'll have more coming for you guys shortly thanks for tuning in see you next time